With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everybody? It is Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan for a very anticipated Inside the Birds. We're going to recap the Eagles draft, their big trade, all their moves, and lots of things going on with the Eagles now that we enter post-draft period and get ready for mini camps and all of that. So we have a lot of information to get you. But first, we want to tell you this. Do you love fantasy sports? Adam, I know you love fantasy sports. I love fantasy sports. So if you're ready for a new challenge this year, Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You'll have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at dynastyowner.com and get started on building your dynasty. Now listen, Adam, this is pretty cool. You can get three patents for fantasy sports on this, and it's the only league that uses real NFL salaries, all right? You can have a roster size of 30 uh, a minimum of 25. They do a 25-round snake draft, uh, a yearly three-round rookie draft, and uh, they have use of in-game currency, which is called their Dynasty Dollars, that you can use for free agency and trades. Uh, you start one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a kicker. So that's about as real as it gets. So if it sounds like you're a big fantasy sports person, you, you and I both are, and uh, yeah. I, I play multiple basketball baseball mm. sometimes golf but i mean i really do like the the almost the video game style ones now where you're working with real money real salaries all that stuff it's like you are literally like howie roseman trying to put together a team yeah so uh josh weinfeld our business manager and i had a call with uh dynasty owner a couple weeks ago i love their concept i've been in dynasty leagues before so it's more real and this one uses real salaries so it's super cool love the concept it's easy to learn and I, I love it, and we, we appreciate them uh, being a new sponsor of ours. And obviously, you and I, you and I, and several of our thousands of listeners are big fantasy people because they've told us that over the years. So we love that uh, Dice Donor is a part of this. By the way, somebody reached out to uh, me on Twitter, uh, a listener of our pod, because it was right after uh, Melvin Gordon re-signed with the Broncos, and he, oh. he I think he wrote like bummer, Jeff, huh? Because I'm a Javante yeah. own, uh, Williams owner in my dynasty football league, and I. I, you know, I got rid of Alvin Kamara to, to take him on and keep him and be my running back of the future. 
Now he's going to be still fed most of the carries. We talked about oh, this, yeah. but I, I would have preferred him not to have sure. even a one A or a two uh, of Melvin Gordon's talent. So you you would just rather it be like as many carries as possible for Javante Williams. But I can't wait to see what he does in year two. Gordon surprised me is how well he played last season. Mm-hmm. They the problem was that the new uh, GM George Payton inherited his contract and there was fully guaranteed money in, in uh, the final year, so they couldn't cut him. And it's a good thing they didn't because he did a great job. I'll, I'll give him his credit. He really, uh, he really. I remember when they drafted him. Remember he had the microfracture surgery. Yeah, and he was never the same. He became a grinder. Uh, his uh, Cosell would always tell us, he, he was like, man, his style completely changed on what he was at Wisconsin when he's explosive. But uh, Javante special. I've said it. Um, I know that it's ga- it's a total gamble, but I, I'm just I'm willing to do it. I'm taking Javante Williams over Christian McCaffrey. I'm done with the injury history with McCaffrey. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, it's Jonathan Taylor and, and – and, well, now, I know Brees Hall going to the Jets. He's going to the first round in, 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 in a redraft. Mm-hmm. And in a dynasty league, I'd have to think about this. I might take him third overall because in dynasty leagues that I've been in on, man – it's tough to get running backs, man, or keeper dynasty. It's really hard. Don't be sleeping on that Najee Harris. They got new, new regime here in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, you think that you might get a little bit of a quarterback upgrade, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Trubisky. I, I, well, I couldn't, shouldn't call that a definite upgrade, but maybe the yeah. offense will look a little bit different with an arm. Somebody who can throw the ball down the field now, uh, which should help um, if those passes are completed, should help lighten things up for Najee Harris to give him a little space to run because he is definitely a talented guy. But you're right, got some good young runners that you can uh, sort of keep your eyes on for the future for dynasty leagues like this. Um, as far as our the Eagles draft and our content, I want to thank again, not only p- the, the numbers that we got at him, which were incredible, but the comments. I mean, social media and comments aren't usually – you don't usually get as many positive. You get the negative, but there were so many people who thanked us and appreciated – the work that we had put out leading up to the uh, draft. And then of course, all throughout draft weekend. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who left a really nice comment, uh, whether it was on YouTube or Apple or whatever uh, on Twitter for us, because we really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah. One guy said to us, he goes, how did you guys know their draft tour Davis is that we didn't, we, we just heard. Um, I know you have some additional information on um, what would have happened if they would have kept both picks. Right. Well, you know, we, when you're picking in the middle of the first round, there's no way you're, you have to – we gave you a grouping on that – what was it, the Thursday morning show. You know, the okay, you, you said, okay, who do you think they're going to draft? And we gave you Jordan Davis, McDuffie, and two other players because you have to. It's got to be a grouping. We just thought that though they're not always analytical with every pick, this just made too much sense for them where they were picking. We weren't sure if they could get the receiver that they might want. And uh, Roseman, the Eagles GM, said uh, – he was asked during his press conference, he, he did say – irrespective of A.J. Brown, if they didn't get him, he said it wasn't, they weren't even sure if they're going to take a receiver there. So um, Jordan Davis was one that we thought was sort of interesting. And because uh, of the Fletcher Cox situation, just, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always, you never know with any NFL team, not just the Eagles. So sometimes, look, I didn't know about Derek Barnett. had no idea. He was never even in my thought process when you did, you and I did the show for the fanatic. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you would ask me who they're going to go with. I said, I know he probably won't be there. It's not what they do, but I heard pretty strongly that, McCaffrey's going to be the guy, and we checked after the draft, and that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barnett, okay, look, they got one past us. I don't know. So that was cool. Um, unfortunately, it's you know checkered career, but he's back. But right. we do, again, we do appreciate uh, 
you know, it, it, it makes all the hard work that Jeff and I and Andrew DiCecco is a very key, key contributor and Q&A and Cosell and everyone has contributed to our show and all of our platforms since we started uh, in the spring of 18? Yes, of 18? spring of 2018. So we really appreciate your support. And uh, without you guys supporting us, we're not going to be able to do it because we need it. We need it. It's um, it's it's not the most profitable business, but it, we we uh, we're able to continue to, to bring in great talent because you guys are supporting us. So we appreciate it. Speaking of that great talent, there will be one more the intel with Greg Cosell, who we've had on the platform now since I believe February. So it's been great having him go from free agency to NFL draft preview. He's going to do one more with us this week. It's going to recap, of course, the Eagles picks. Um, we may get into some other picks around the league that were intriguing, but so so make sure you listen to it, even if you're not an Eagles fan. That's another thing. We had so many people reach out oh. to us over the last five oh. or six days that said they weren't Eagles fans, but they loved the intel that they've been getting on both, all, all NFL teams. So Greg will come on with us. He'll finish it off. Uh, and I don't think that'll be the last you'll hear of Greg, you know, until the season. I, what we've done in the past is an NFC East kind of outlook. We start with, uh, you know, one of the teams, Giants, Cowboys, whatever, Washington, do all three, and then round it off with the Eagles as the fourth. So we'll probably wind up hitting that in May or June. And Greg's always been great for that. And people like those episodes. So we'll do that too. Uh, at some point, um, probably later this week, early next week, we'll start to get now that the draft is over and free agency mostly is over. We'll start to do some of the roster breakdown shows that we do, how it, how the competition looks going into training camp, where the Eagles still have holes, where where they're strong. We'll get into all that stuff. Uh, for this podcast, we're really going to take a look back at the draft and provide some of the intel, maybe fill in some of the holes, because people have some questions about um, how you can go into a draft know, for, for like the umpteenth year knowing that you absolutely need to come out with a corner or a safety, if not both, and the Eagles didn't do that. So we have a little bit of information on that. Uh, listen, and you, whatever you do with the information, you do with it. I'm, you're certainly okay. welcome to criticize if you want, but we've got, we, can, we can discuss that, and we will. And then, uh, again, Greg's show will be up uh, on Wednesday on, on our both podcast platforms. Uh, so we got a lot to get to, and I look forward to it. And um, thanks again for everybody who hanging with us. So before we get into the, the draft picks, I um, want to tell everybody about our new partner that we've talked about, Devacor. Over the last year, we've seen what's known as the Great Resignation. It's pretty much made it clear there's no better time to change careers than the present. Devacor is a Philly area, big word there, Philly area family-owned career development company that helps guide hardworking professionals on the path to new and fulfilling careers. Unlike those big companies in the career development space that offer the same cookie-cutter advice and services, Devacor's certified, uh, certified career development team is hands-on, passionate, knowledgeable. They take pride in working closely with their clients to ensure that their experience is personalized and tailored to their needs. So whether you need a new resume, cover letter, CV, or you want to optimize your LinkedIn profile or just work with a career coach, Devacor's got, all, got you covered in all spaces. So go to devacord.com slash birds to schedule a free 15-minute career coaching consultation and to receive an exclusive 15% discount on your next order. That's devacord.com slash birds. All right, Adam, um, let's get into the, the – obviously, we'll start day one. The Eagles take Jordan Davis, and then, of course, they uh, at, at 13th overall, they trade up two spots. And then uh, with their second pick, 18th overall – 
they trade it along with a third round pick for AJ Brown. And I think, I think day day one was a, a, a really good process on their part. Right. I mean, they addressed two glaring needs. Um, we went over the question marks about Jordan Davis. So there's no need to re there's a weight issue there that they will have to deal with. And there's a guy who did not show a whole lot of, proficiency or have the opportunity to rush the passer some of that because of the weight issue some of that because of what they had at Georgia there so no need to rehash that but I think what's really important to focus on is when if they can get this guy on the field is how widespread of an impact uh, that he can have we talked about how it, it impacts other linemen because he can occupy a lot of guys right talked about how he eases the burden on the linebackers which we'll get onto in a second because if he can stuff those holes and make it easier for the linebackers to swarm and they don't have to get off the blocks of big offensive linemen, that's easier for them. Or if teams want to run to the outside because they can't, they don't think they can run up the middle on Jordan Davis, well, that benefits the linebackers. They don't have to go downhill, right? So, And then, of course, here, here's a big thing that I don't know that we touched on enough. You know, defense is a, math, a game of mathematics. You know, if you got – a certain number of guys in the box to stop the run, that's less guys you have in coverage and vice versa. We saw Jonathan Gannon play a lot of too deep coverage last year in the first half of the year, and he got bit in the ass trying to do it. He got run on. I suspect you are going to see him try to play a little bit more too deep coverage now when Jordan Davis is in the game against the run because he'll have the ability to do that. And so when you take that safety out of the box and into your defense in the back end, it gives you more coverage and when you have two safeties deep, Adam, you limit explosive plays and you protect your cornerbacks. So there's a lot of variables that go on with a guy like Jordan Davis if you can get him on the field and playing at the level he's supposed to play at. Yeah, so the, the purpose of this show is to update every single player that they drafted, and, and did, we're going to give you more information than we did. You know, we were just kind of reacting. We had a little bit of early intel. This is, you know, this is 48 to 72 hours since the first round. And we've got additional information on every player. And as one person told me, uh, a very strong personnel source, he said, Jordan Davis gives you the ability to two-gap. Do you want a two-gap? Yep. Because he's so – he's just – he's a wall. I mean, he's just – he's so long. You, you have the ability to, to be multiple on your fronts, however you feel like you want to do it based on your personnel. And then he could be more matchup-specific, Gannon. Which I don't think he could do as well. We know he played a five-two. That was not ever really a question. We we knew that he was going to run a summer Zimmer stuff. He just could not run everything that he wanted last season because he didn't have the personnel. Now that you 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 had the note last spring about Gannon really would like to get a nose. Mm -hmm. Jordan Davis is more than a nose tackle, but he can do that. Whether however you want to shade him, however you want to use him, there's certain things you can do with him. So there's just there, there's the multiplicity of this front. That you can right. do. He, you don't have to be so stuck on one certain front. I mean, heck, I know they ran a little thirty-four last year. Not, not very much. I, I have no idea what the percentage was, but they were mainly five-two. Mm -hmm. Now, now, do things change now? We, 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 we know things are going to be adjusted. We, we had no, no, several weeks ago there could be some tweaks to the defense. Now, with Jordan Davis in there, and Kobe Dean, we'll get to him. We got some great stuff on him. You just wonder now that he's got the he's got better players up front. They're younger, they're talented. Does he have more confidence to do different things? I, I that to me would be the thing because he he's got to be more aggressive on defense. 
Definitely. Absolutely. I think I'll have the opportunity to do that. And the you, you hit it on the head when you said he's more than just a nose tackle. You watch his tape, you realize he can do stunting, he can twist, he can line up in the B gaps. He's not just an he's just not he's not I know the the Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Comparison has been made to, I, can't, I always forget his name, the, the Packers guy from the 90s who weighed like oh, 500 Gilbert pounds. Brown. Yeah, Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert Brown, right. No, th- this is not that kind of guy. Again, I don't want to get too caught up in hyperbole, but it is pretty much true that I don't know that there's ever been a guy at his weight that did what he did uh, athletically at the Combine. So there, there's some historical um, data there that you, that Gilbert Brown could never have reached on his best day exactly. uh, that Jordan Davis can do. And I'm not trying to minimize Gilbert Brown. I mean, we've come a long way in the last 20 years with athletes and what they're doing. So I'm just saying it's it's not the, the best comparison. However, the weight and the bigness issue, that that is fair. I mean, if this guy can only wind up ever playing first and second mm-hmm. down in his career, then that that's a mar- that's a miss for what the Eagles have expected. Um so, so, but let's talk, continuing our first round discussion here and continuing this discussion of how it just happens to be year after year after year that the Eagles cannot get that corner or safety. Adam, I was told looking into it that going into the draft, the Eagles ideally thinking just draft picks were, were kind of an ideal scenario for them. They thought at 15 and yeah. 18, if that's where they picked that would be to get Jordan Davis and Trent McDuffie the corner from Washington. We talked about him. They liked him. He was ranked higher on their board. He was in that mid to, you know, 15, 20, whatever you want to call it, um, area. And I I have a feeling if the trade had never been consummated to get A.J. Brown, there's a good chance the Eagles would have taken Trent McDuffie um, at 18, if that's what they had done state. People can be upset about that, but then you can't be really, really – you can't not, if you're upset that they didn't stay there, then you have to be upset that they got AJ Brown. I don't think anybody wants to be upset that they went out and acquired sure. AJ Brown. So this is this is how it happens. And, you, and if you want to criticize, you say, well, if they didn't miss on receivers, whether it was Ortega Whiteside or Jalen, then they wouldn't have to make exactly. that trade. They could have taken the corner. So that's a fair shot. That's a fair criticism. I, I thought it's you know you and I didn't discuss this. I was thinking about that. Uh, Earlier when I was putting down the rundown, I'm like, man, if they just would have got at least one of those guys right, they would have made this trade. But then I'd say, you know what? Who would I rather have? Okay, game over. We're going to get into A.J. Brown. This yeah. guy's pretty special. It, it, it's talk, talk of the Titans soldiers over the weekend. I I sort of knew because I know these I know the Titans pretty well. But until you get people on the phone and where they're able to, to peel back everything and just, just kind of be straight about it, you just don't find players like this. This guy's super duper special. 
Yeah. Um, I'll, to this day, I'll never understand why they just didn't wait. Just because you're off on the contract doesn't mean. I mean, we're we're in, we're in early May. You couldn't wait till late July. And and as he told our friend Tron Davenport of ESPN.com, he said that the number he was looking, he would have taken twenty two million. Think about this. That's below market. Yeah. That is below market. So you have to ask yourself why. Why were they yeah. offering him a below market deal? I know. We went, we went through some of the. We did go through some of the, some of the stats over the last two years that were different than his rookie. I mean, stats yards per catch, uh, have gone down. Like I think from twenty to fifteen to thirteen. Um, but it doesn't look like. I'm not saying he's a declining player. It could be the quarterback. Could be the offense. I mean, obviously oh, I know it was. very Derek Derek Henry centric as the years have gone up. But um, he is six foot one. But still, uh, you just watch this guy play, and you know that right away he is one of the Eagles' most dynamic players if they can get mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. Now, that's the key. Can they get the ball in his hands? So with him, he missed three ga- uh, four games last season. That's why he didn't, did not get over 1,000 yards. Uh, he he still was making plays. that, that we'll, When we talked to Cosell uh, Wednesday morning, He'll give you what the tape study looks like. I, I've talked to Greg a lot about him over the years. It, it, the thing that blows me away of A.J. Brown is they almost run similar routes every game, and he wins every time. You, he's like a rock. You cannot move him. Like if you're, I don't care how tall the defender is. He's just so jacked up, and he leverages so well. I don't know if there's a better leverage receiver in the league, sort of like T.O. He's a shorter T.O., and he wins every time. And I don't know if you saw the uh, – there's a video out there of um, – A.J. Brown and John Robinson, the, G, the, the GM of the Titans, calling him um, after they picked him in 19. Really great back and forth. This is a, yes. this is a, this is a special guy. I did. It guy. was great. Really special guy. And uh, his leadership is unbelievable. Every His practice habits are unbelievable. He sets the tone. He gives all out. I I, I know that they, they because of the, the uh, he had double knee surgery last year, scopes on both knees. They would make sure he would get through every practice. And remember, the other thing, as you were talking about this, when, when Derrick Henry went down, it was so much easier to cover on the outside mm-hmm. because you you weren't worried about Henry. You didn't have to. You didn't have to have eight or nine in the box. Right. You just didn't. Although Foreman did a good job, but you're going to play them differently, not without Derrick Henry. So that that was a part of it. But uh, this guy is so competitive. He and I could tell you from talking uh, Titan sources over the weekend, they're still heartbroken. My sense is they never thought this would happen. And I and I wonder, I don't know this, but I wonder if ownership balked at the money. I, I do wonder, because they're not a big market team like others. I do really wonder if they felt that there was a number they would go to and they would never they would never exceed it. And 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 because John Robinson said that, the GM, he said like we just were not gonna get there based on where they were. But that's why I said, well, wait a minute, it's you're only in May here. Why can't you <laughs> I know nothing goes on between May and June, but what, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to cause an issue. I don't know. It, I, I feel terrible for Titan fans, but Eagle fans, you guys got a special guy. Here. Yep, yep. I'm really looking forward. Um, I'm looking forward to the plan. You know, so there are players you say that you got to have a plan for that player, right? So I'm looking forward to see, because this is a player who specifically functions extraordinarily well in space. You watch you watch a video. Can he make contested catches for a six one guy? Actually, he can. He, he's pretty decent at it. Um, can he beat somebody on a deep post? Yes, he can do that. He, he's a full wide receiver, but his calling card, what he excels at, 
is that intermediary route. You're playing against his own. He splits the defenders, catches the ball, turns upfield, absorbs some contact, shakes out of it, adds an extra 20, 25 yards. The Eagles don't really have a player like that as a wide receiver, or at least no one's shown it yet. You know, even Devontae Smith, not that kind of player. Dallas Goddard is as a tight end, but he's also enormous. He's 6'4", 250, right? So to see a 6'1", 220 guy who can do sort of what Dallas does there, but then has an extra motor, an extra jet, is pretty phenomenal. It's been a while, I think, since the Eagles had a wide receiver of this kind of capabilities. That this that was not Alshon's game. Alshon was, I'm going to outjump you, you know, 20, 30 yards downfield and everything. So this is this is, this is pretty cool. And so going back to the plan with Jordan Davis, what I'm really looking forward to is – and I, I don't know when we'll get the we're gonna work to get the intel. What what is yeah. their plan ideally right now for Jordan Davis? Do they want because we know he's not yet a great pass rusher, right? He can, he's got to work on that, but he can be great on first and second down. So does that mean if his weight is under control and he shows up to training camp ready to go, that you're starting him on first and second down and you are not starting either Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave? That's that's yeah. hard to believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know see how they're more. gonna work that. Well, eventually he'll be a base down player until he becomes a pass rusher. No one could give you any information on when that will be. It's it's more. There are well, a couple that's what things. I'm saying. What if the first right. play they see in the season opener is oh, I forget who? Well, the schedule's not out. What if that team comes out in twelve personnel, two tight ends, big running back? I mean, like, sure. aren't they playing the Titans this year? Yeah, they're playing the AFC South, right? Well, there you go. They play. So the let's Titans. say the first game of the year is the Titans, okay. and they come out with Derrick Henry and the like. Are you are you? not having Jordan Davis on the field there? I mean, well, here's what you can do. It's not about the first play of the game. It's it's just a rotation. Maybe you maybe you get him more snaps than you normally would if he's in great shape and he shows right. us in training camp in the preseason. Maybe you would play him more than you normally would um, in his rookie season, in his first game. Uh, and maybe he, they just get a rotation going early on here. And a lot of it's going to be on him. Is he in shape? Has the stamina? In the heat and the humidity, we'll be there in training camp. Uh, you know, we, we'll see. Because people have already asked us about scheme changes. Um, we're expecting uh, knowledge tweaks. You've got the new personnel. Uh, so th- there's a lot There's a lot to digest. We don't have all the answers now because they haven't even had a practice yet. Right. Uh, we got the rookie camp uh, coming up this uh, this weekend. Uh, you can't really, you know, you can't tackle anything like that, but it's just running through some plays without the veterans. But I, I'm just so fascinated to see what Gannon could do with this because, you, you know, you had the note last year and he didn't really have a true nose. And this guy is not not even a true no. I mean, he could do it, obviously, but he's just so huge and athletic. There's so much they could do with him if he, if he's in shape that we that they probably weren't able to do with George. And remember, you know, some people p- pointed this out. It's true. It's part of the reason. It's not anywhere close to the reason. But there is one of the contributing factors in his low snap count is because of blowouts. And you you know you weren't going to play him, you know, seventy percent of the snaps when the team is up big, but also because he was heavy. That's a fact. Over 360, you're not playing a, even close to a full game when you're that heavy. That's just not. Right. It may work as a left tackle in the National Football League, but it's not going to work as a D-tack. All right, let's move on to the second round pick, Cam Jurgens at 51 overall. Um, this was a extraordinarily polarizing pick. In fact, I wouldn't even call it polar. I, I don't think it was greeted warmly <laughs> when the Eagles made it by the fans. Oh, yeah. We talked about kind of their over-obsession with offensive linemen, he clearly is someone they project to be Jason Kelsey's replacement, but that's the thing. Some people fairly say, well, how did you draft the dude in the second round? 
who's just basically in a red shirt all year. I mean, you need some kind of impact from your player that you draft in the second round. Even if it's even though a draft pick is supposed to be about the future, it's hard to just take a guy in the second round and not expect anything out of him this year. So you and I both um, got similar intel that the Eagles th- are going to cross train. They're going to give him some snaps at guard and believe he's got the size to be able to play it. He is over 300 pounds. Although for the last few years, the Eagles have had guys like Brandon Brooks and Landon Dickerson and Nate Herbig. I mean, they're kind of used to having 340, 325, 330 pound guards. So this will be a light guard for them, but it is enough size to play guard. But Adam, um, I'll, I'll tell you some of the other intel I got. You tell me what you, uh, the, the fact that they're saying they think he can play guard is a total and complete projection because this man never played a down of guard in college. He was, he started off as a, as a tight end for like a game and then, or a practice. And then they moved him to center and he never moved out of center in his entire college career. Correct. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they're there. He's a center who they think could play guard. Look, if, if uh, in Stalin, we trust, although you and I talked to several teams and actually I talked to two online coaches. They don't, they, they don't think he could play guard at this level. Look, it's all what the Eagles think. If they think, that he can play guard, and it's all about Jeff Stalin. Uh, anything he says, I believe it. Uh, we have to say it, but um, it feels Sirianni's a little bit people. like wishful thinking to me. Don't you? Like, I agree. Uh, I, agree. Uh, I I'm yeah. with you, but 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 again, if if Sirianni says it, it's one thing. But if the alliance coach says it, I'm all in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that he's, you know, he's new to he's new to playing offensive line. He, you know, he was a former tight end, and then 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 played center, and was a great story. He's super athletic. Now, the word that I heard um, when I was gathering information over the weekend is that the one thing, because he's, again, he's new, he hasn't played center, you know, his whole life as a football player. He's, you know, he played in college, but not in high school, is that he sometimes struggles with um, traffic, you know, sort, the, the term of sorting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's noticeable. A couple of line coaches told me, like, they'll, they'll notice it. Okay, he's this because he's, if you, you, you're going to, you're going to throw some stuff. Maybe again, I, I don't know the teams that he played against, but when they saw this, but there were some times where you go, okay, he needs to he needs to see that a little bit better. The two guys mm-hmm. saw the same thing, so. Um, but he look. They they they're all pretty. This is a pick they were pretty unified in. We, we know Kelsey was involved, and it's pretty interesting. How about them giving Kelsey um, a bunch of players who they think will be his replacement? And hey, look, this I think you said it on our other show. This this is the, the, the now it's officially over for Landon Dixon. That Landon Dickerson being the replacement. Now we know that, and it won't be say Malo. That so that that's interesting that that decision was made. Right, right. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens with him as far as like, even if he did have to go in and play guard, and they thought he could, with him being right around three hundred pounds and Kelsey being right around three hundred pounds, that that's really light up the middle of your offensive line. I mean, that that to me, you play some of those three four teams, and you're going to get you're probably going to get your guys pushed back into the quarterback a little bit more than you normally am, or you're going to have trouble running up the middle. But that that's to see down the road. I mean, he's clearly a guy that they feel has the – and even Jason Kelsey, I think people know by now, Jason Kelsey did a lot of homework on the guy, talked to the guy, and felt that of all the players in the draft – I don't know if you saw Jason Kelsey on with Adam Lefko said, of all the players in the draft, this guy reminds me the most of me. So that mm-hmm. that's obviously high praise in the Eagles – um, sure. are smart to lean on Jason Kelsey, but nothing is is set in stone or concrete. So I yep. do have some questions about them. Now, I agree. from a macro view, Adam, people who say 
how could you have addressed offensive line there for the second year in a row, um, knowing that you needed a corner or a safety, not just in, for the future, but now or both. Um, let's let's talk about how the second round shaped up. The Eagles picked at 51. Yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Funny, I was just going to say, it's so funny you mentioned that because what I wanted to mention is George Pickens won after Jorgensen. Eagles had George Pickens in. Mm-hmm. We, we we talked about this. We gave you our character stuff that we had. Pickens is one of the guys who had uh, questionable football character, not off the field issues, getting in trouble or anything like that. It's just um, teams had issues with them. And it, it, it is amazing. So many guys dropped in this draft because of character issues. Yeah. Um, and again, we're, I, sometimes I think this stuff is overblown or not fair, but right. it's hard for me to say it's it's not true because I know it's you and I know this is true. And it did hurt him. He went, I'll admit it, even went even later than I thought. My goodness gracious. And I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Pickens, I I know um, I heard that Mike Tomlin was um, really a a big fan of of his tape and thought he was a a great player. Uh, I'm not sure if if the Steelers don't pick him at 52, I'm not sure where he, he may not have gotten picked until the third round, wherever the Steelers pick, because this guy had rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, well, um, here's, here's, he there. Well, well, here's the interesting thing. So right after the Steelers pick, Alec Pierce, we know Cosell like, but not everyone agreed with right. Greg's assessment of Pierce. Right. Uh, Pierce went to the Colts and then Sky Moore, my guy, my favorite receiver for the draft. He went mm. uh, 54 to the Chiefs. See, I, funny. I would have thought Andy's taken uh you know, risks on character, and more often than not, he's right. I thought Pickens mm-hmm. might go there to Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That's actually where I pe- had him penciled in, potentially, when he started dropping. But, uh, look, well, we're not going to know for years. Look, if if Kel- if he's Kelsey's replacement, right, in 23, and he looks like he's good, not, no one's going to be Kelsey. I mean, not only will it be the Eagles Hall of Fame, there's a, there's a real you, chance that he'd be. You mean Tyreek Hill? You mean okay. Tyreek Hill? You mean Tyreek Hill's replacement? No, no, no. I'm talking Cam Jurgens. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were still on Sky Moore. I got confused. No, no, no. no I moved on. No, no. What I'm saying is, if I'm just saying in comparison, if Jurgens becomes who they think he is, you're not. He's never going to match up to Kelsey. Kelsey is not only be the in the Eagles Hall of Fame. He might be a Pro Football of Famer someday. Right. Got a right. shot at it. Right. He doesn't have to be that good, but if he's the starter, if he's healthy for six to eight years, it's a home run in a second round pick. That that's the way I would yep. judge it. No one's Jason Kelsey. It's not. It's not fair. And by the way, Kelsey's a six-round pick. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Now, now again, look. Let's look at how the board shaped up in the second round because mm-hmm. the Eagles. It's not like they don't like corners. Um, you know, th- they had corners there in the second round and safeties that they liked, but it the run started early. Now McCreary went thirty-fifth overall. Third, Roger McCreary from Warburn. He was the third pick in the second round. Um, I heard they sort of see, saw him as a nickel more than an outside, so you can understand. Uh, but it doesn't matter; he was out, uh, and you know he might, might end up being a nickel for for the Titans. So we'll, we'll see. Sure, uh, Jalen Petrie, the the or Petre, the safety from Baylor, mm-hmm. goes two picks later um, at thirty seven, and then Kyler Gordon is a guy I know the Eagles liked. He went thirty nine. Uh, Andrew Booth, another guy, forty two. The corner from uh, Clemson, and then there was one more. Oh, Brisker, Jaquan Brisker, my guy from Penn State, at forty-eight. So the Eagles picked at fifty-one. That was what I say. Five guys that that McCreary, Petre, Gordon, Booth, and um, who who's that last? Oh, and Brisker. Five guys went went before. Now you can mm. you can say, well, then trade up. 
if you if you understand the need that you have for safety and corner, trade up. But here's the thing. The Eagles gave away their extra third-round pick and three picks in the Jordan to move up two spots for Jordan Davis. They didn't have a whole lot yeah. to give if they actually wanted to play on day three. So I can understand at one point why how they got to 51 and Jurgens was clearly the best player available and a guy that they know they're going to need for the future and took him and why they weren't able to move up. But I could also sit here and say year after year, it's some excuse for why they couldn't get themselves a corner or a safety at, at some point. You've got to keep that all in mind. And they didn't. Yeah. One thing to add on McCre- uh, McCreary, uh, uh-huh. he's got super short arms. Uh, he, he is, I mean, when you look at McDuffie and McCreary, McCreary's arms are shorter, 28 and 7 eighths, which is just, that's that's one reason why you put him as a nickel against yeah. the slot corners. Mm-hmm. But there's a, th- th- it's out there. I've, I've seen it and I also know about this. Uh, no corners made the, the pro ball with less than 30 inch arms. Hmm. So you y- y- have to answer that. Now, McDuffie's super competitive, tough, smart, really good football player. And, you know, in your intel, and I, I'm sure it's right, we, we both knew that the Eagles really liked McDuffie. That's why we mentioned him as in our group of players the Eagles were looking at at 15 and 18 had they not made trades. But um, the thing that is interesting is if you look at McDuffie, he doesn't measure up analytically to what you look for. So it, it does tell me they don't always do every pick with analytics. It's it's So right. now we got to kind of. Because I remember when we were talking, like this doesn't make sense from an analytical standpoint, but we just had heard they were they really like McDuffie. It, it just shows us that not everything they do has something to do with analytics. True. Although I had to chuckle when I read that Jurgens ran the fastest forty yard dash for a center since me. dot 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 since Jason oh. Kelsey. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Kelsey. This is his guy. This is who he said looked like, as you said, uh, resembled him. Yeah. It's it's just I don't know. I, every time you think you peg this team, they they throw something at you. You're like, well, wait a minute, they don't go with guys with short arms. What what's going on for here? You know, what is, know. What's, I don't know. Well, it's good to know. Either way, I think they just knew how badly they needed good, solid corners. And even if they projected him to be a seven year starter who never made a Pro Bowl but was able to start, like Sheldon Brown, never made a Pro Bowl. That was a good pick. Pretty solid player. Yeah, a very good solid. pick. Solid. I, I don't. Let me ask you this question. I don't. I know people say, well, if he didn't make a Pro Bowl, he wasn't good enough. I'm not. I don't Pro it. Bowl, I don't unfortunately, you, you don't buy, you do. I don't buy that. What, yeah. what the, I mean, are you mean for a first round pick or just. No, no, no. General? Just a general. Like, okay. So, you know, the, well, he's he's made the ball at Pro Bowl. If a guy made the Pro Bowl eight or nine times, obviously, that, that means something. But if a guy played seven years, did make a Pro Bowl, but if your eyes tell you the guy's a pretty good football player, then you, then that's what it is. Yeah, I think some uh, too much Pro Bowl is a popular, uh, popularity contest, and the other problem is so many of these writers don't see these players, right? You know, Roddy McLeod never made a Pro Bowl, did he? Or maybe did he make one? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he ever made a Pro Bowl. That's he's, a great. It's a perfect player, player. Really good right? Player. Yeah. You know, I'd say he's a pretty solid football player. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on Josh Sweat making a Pro Bowl. He may never. He may be a six to seven sack guy every year. He's a good. He was the best defensive lineman for the Eagles last year. Most consistent pass solid rusher. Player. Yeah, good story development for, yeah. for as knocked as the Eagles are for not developing players good enough. These were pretty good. It's a pretty yeah. damn good story. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't buy stuff. I mean, now even I don't even I personally don't even think 
you have to have your first round pick make the Pro Bowl to be successful be- because it depends on where you pick them. If you're picking yeah, 26 sure. or 27, again, like the hit rate on that is not even as high, uh, not nearly as high as top 10. So, uh, you know, that that that's that's people just wanting a little bit too much. Uh, uh, although, look, to finish this off, it would be nice if the lack of pro bowlers on defense, mm-hmm. I, I get it. It's fair. It's absolutely open season on it. But sure. don't make it the big, the the end all. Oh, if this guy doesn't make the pro bowl during screw, then he's not good enough. Right. I, I wouldn't go. You, you're, our, our, the people watch our show generally know what the heck they're looking at, like like we do. We, we know what we're looking at. We know if the guy's a good enough football player. And if not, sure. it's the, the tape. We, we talked to Cosell, Q&A, uh, for, you know, former general managers, personnel directors we've had on our shows over the years. They know what they're looking at, and if the guy's not good enough, we'll tell you. And it's yeah. not—it's not hard. Over over a series of games and years, you go, okay, this either guy's either good enough or not. That's the bottom line. Right, right. Sometimes you are where where you are. Like Miles Sanders is probably never going to make a Pro Bowl unless he just you know starts all 60, 16 games. The offense is great, That's but there's it. always good running backs who put up a lot of yards, so it'll always be a struggle. But he's not a bust. He's not a disappointing player. In my, I mean, for the injuries maybe, but when he's out there. He plays well for a second-round pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes people put a little bit too much into that. All right, so let's move on because we we basically I basically gave you the context there. There were a lot of – we did. We gave you a lot of corners and safeties who were there. They went before the Eagles picked. The Eagles couldn't move up or else they would have had, like, nothing to work with on day three at all. And that's why you saw on day three they moved down to get a few picks. And then after they picked Juergens at 51 – uh, the, I don't. Th- the only other safeties that went were Cam Taylor Britt in the second round to Nebraska. I, do- I have no idea um, how the Eagles felt about him. And then sixty second overall, Brian Cook from Cincinnati, the mm-hmm. safety, went to the Chiefs. It's my understanding that they had him more that that not not second round guy for them. So okay. um, now at the top of the third round, a guy Martin Emerson, cornerback from Mississippi State, went to Cleveland. Um, that was a guy they did like, so they obviously oh, missed out by yeah. not taking him on the side. I mean, do they love him that high? Who knows? But and then, of course, there were some linebackers, uh, as well that went that they did. You know, I think Christian Harris made it all the way to the third round, which was uh hard to believe. But then again, who would have thought, Adam, as we go on to the third third pick there, that Nicobe Dean was going to be there when the Eagles picked 83rd overall? That's incredible. So, here's the additional intel we have on him. Mm-hmm. This guy, according to a Georgia football source, is during um, Kirby Smart's career and his assistants, the guys who have been there with him forever, mm-hmm. um, one of the best players on offense or defense they've had and one of the best leaders they had. He's super smart um, intellectually and test. Unbelievable leadership. Incredible tackler. Now, here's an additional nugget, which I picked up from a scout who was at the Pro Day. Apparently, his Pro Day workout was terrible. He, mm. This is where the, he had the pectoral injury. Here's the story of the pectoral injury. I didn't know any of this until uh, over the weekend. But he had a, uh, a pectoral injury leading up to training for the draft, leading up to the Pro Day. I don't know if it was three weeks before, six weeks. I have no idea. I just know that in scouting, this was known. And he was not himself at this Pro Day. He just was not. When I say bet. It might have been average for other guys, but for a special football player for him, it just wasn't good enough. Now, could that have contributed because he did not work out the combine? Could that be – he was there, got measured and everything, a 230 – 229 actually at the combine. 
But and he's under he's under six feet. That's another problem for teams. They don't, you don't see a lot of linebackers being drafted high uh, at, at first two rounds who aren't at least six feet. But right. um, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to quantify if you had everything. The intel that you had on his injuries, folks. If you haven't let listened to our post draft coverage of of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Jeff had some great information. All the the minor injuries he's had. I know he hasn't missed a lot of time, but if you add everything up, he wasn't going in the first round. I would say that's pretty accurate. I still mm-hmm. can't believe he went in the second round. I think that was a mistake. But not only by the Eagles, it's by other teams. Now I understand there's because all these trades, the Eagles only could do certain things. But this is a special elite football player. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's not 240. You gotta live with that. And he does have these minor injuries. Uh as one one source said, he's beat up physically um, from a bunch of injuries. I don't know how much he'll practice, whether practice fully every day, you know, limited, whatever they want to do. We'll see. We'll get to the regular season. For, we got to get to where we're at now. But right. this is a super special football player. The, our folks who watch college football, more than you and I, we're with you people. We know he's special. Um, I try not to throw that around unless I know it's true. And talking to so many sources on this guy, I'm thinking, wow, the Eagles actually drafted a linebacker special. I find this hard to believe. But um, – I thought, I thought Joe Banner made a great point. He put it on Twitter. He said the, the, the feeling with, with this kid is just like when they drafted Trot, Trot had the knee if Nishu got red, medical red flag uh, coming out of you know college. And Trot, obviously, as you well know, as you covered him for many years, we know him very well, he overcame that knee issue. It, it, it would pop up over his career every now and then, but the guy overcame it to have a terrific career. And Dean's a special player. Now, you, you, to sum this up, you worry about the injuries, but you don't worry about anything else because he does everything well. And here's another note uh, on his role: we had we checked into this. If he's healthy and he's doing everything he should, he's got the defense down. He'll be a three-down linebacker for them. He won't be two. It'll be three, three, uh, three downs. Well, that that would be so. Should the be. Eagles the last the Eagles last year or two have made? We've talked about this. They've made a ton of modifications to how they run their training, their programs, their practice times, their training camp lengths, um, their travel. They've done a ton of things that sometimes don't go over well with the fans. People complain about training camp. They don't hit, right? They say, well, how can you only practice for an hour? Then, you know, I I get it. I understand. It ain't your your father's NFL. I get it. Right. But last year, which was really the first full year, I think, with with – Ted Rath, Tom Hunkley, the newer um, sports science and medical guys, um, they they were pretty successful from a, a staying healthy standpoint. You're not going to prevent being 100. percent You're not going to prevent like somebody breaking an arm, right? But soft tissue, keeping guys healthy, being there for the playoff. I mean, they got Miles Sanders back into a playoff game despite some very long odds of him being able to play. Now he wasn't, you know, he had the actually the hand wasn't wrapped. I mean, it, it's a, whatever he played. That's the point. That they did some pretty good things medically last year. Landon Dickerson um, had a little bumps and bruises, but but played. You know, Jason Kelsey had some bumps and bruises that he deals with, but he played all sixteen games. Fletcher Cox. I mean, that this is a far cry from where they were three to five years ago when veterans left and right were getting hurt. We talked about the whole messaging. We talked about Darren Sproles and the injuries being way longer than the team was. Yeah supposing yeah. so it's been good you hope it continues i don't like to use one year and say all True. is cured oh, yeah. but i True. but it is because they now they, 
Right, right. They draft a player like Dickerson last year. They got a player like Dean this year. Yeah. Jordan Davis who's going to take a lot of work in the, the weight room and training room that they have catered their new program to. So we'll have to kind of see as this goes forward, is this, pl- is this plan really working like we think it is or was it just a one-year kind of wonder sure. thing? I, I, you've, me- you've mentioned this before, and it's really worth hitting on. Ted Rath came over from the Rams, correct? Yeah, the Rams historically, he while he was there, had the, like the least un- or the most healthy team while he was there. And the Rams do a lot of that stuff with McVay as far as much shorter practices yeah. and specific yeah. training regimens. So yeah. all that all that ties in. Um, there was one other point I wanted to make on. I, I just want to add. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go add. yeah. Um, Jeff and I, we were so alarmed at what we were hearing from agents who had players on the Eagles and. Mm. Uh, we actually did an off-season show after was it after the 18th season after 1918 whatever it was 18 or 19. 18 it was after okay. the 18th season yeah we devoted one full show because it was I mean we I'm not gonna lie if you for those of you are only with us a year or so or if you're new to our show welcome if you know uh, we crushed the Eagles on this thing we just tell the truth we we're not homers you guys know us we tell the truth we'll get we give them credit when they get it right and when when they're when they don't we 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 tell the truth. They were struggling figuring out how to get these guys on the field. It's sports science is one thing, but there's a way that you do it. And as Jeff just said, as crazy it is for a team to only practice an hour. They, they actually, I was at one of the practices. I was so pissed off last summer. It was like fifty some odd minutes. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what did <laughs> I, I know? Come we, down here? we feel cheated, right? Sometimes it's like yeah. wait, thirty minutes, and all you did was like seven on sevens. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> it was annoying. And you and I looked at each other like, well, what? What is this? Right. But hey, it works. What am I? What am I? Like, what am I getting mad at them for? They got it right just because I wanted to see more practice. But selfishly, but <laughs> they've done this. Ted Rath, he came from LA, and they. What it is is that the, the uh, finishes off is they have the least amount of players listed on the injury report pretty much all year, every year. It's I don't know. And it's not just Ted Rath who's left to go to the Eagles. It's whatever they're doing. I remember the Chargers telling me they did every single study to manual for years. The Chargers have had the worst injury situations. Mm-hmm. They told me that they've done everything that you every study they've changed this up and that up. Well, you know, in the summer the Chargers are about 15 minutes from the Rams at the training camps. <laughs> they must have just watched take their practice and see what the Rams are doing. Anyway. <laughs> All right, good stuff. We're gonna get into the day three picks first. Attention, attention. The mud will fly again on Trenton Avenue, one of Philadelphia's largest and Monique, uh, Monique, most unique spring festivals is back on Saturday, May 14th in Fishtown and East Kensington from noon till 6 p.m. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union Kensington Derby and Arts Festival makes a grand return with an all-day event that's expected to draw thousands of people to the great outdoors and space out along a massive three-mile route spanning Trenton Ave from Norris to Frankfurt. All along the way, families, foodies, artists, and inventors will experience the city's wackiest celebration of local flavor. We're looking forward to seeing you and your family there. That is the festival, the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union Kensington Derby and Arts Festival. So uh, Alex sounds like a great event. I'm sure everybody's going to love it out there in Kensington. All right. Uh, let's talk about the day three guys, Adam, as we move on from Nicobe Dean. Uh, this was a kind of a weird situation, right? We talked. The Eagles didn't have a whole lot of picks after those trades, and then they wound up trading down to acquire a few more picks. They get this uh, 
what I what I expect to be will be an a Sam like an outside linebacker type, the uh, Hassan Reddick backup type in Kyron Jackson, and then Johnson. the I'm sorry Johnson, Kyron Johnson, and uh, no relation to Tyrone Johnson, right from uh, 97.5 the fanatic. Buddy Tyrone, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> or Tyron Jackson, who's already on the Eagles. But anyway, yeah. uh, and then of course they they get another guy in the sixth round, tight end Greg Calcaterra. Um, Grant, it's actually mean? Grant. Just so you know, Grant. I'm just gonna stop talking now because I can't get any name right. Yeah, Grant. <laughs> no, because what happens? Some knucklehead hit me on Twitter. Can't you guys get the name right? I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. I, I yeah. No, um, that was all me. I must have called him Greg every single time. Uh, <laughs> it's great. So wait a minute. This is they have Kyron Johnson, Lane Johnson, Patrick Johnson. Is there another Johnson? Teron, Teron no, Teron Jackson. Yeah, they have no, two Jackson. Jackson. But, all right, so they have two Jacksons and three Johnsons. <laughs> Okay, Tyree and Tehran. Well, you know, yeah. they don't have a Peters anymore, but they still have right. three Johnsons and a Cox. <laughs> but they have a Boston Scott, or as John Hanson calls him, uh, Scott Boston. <laughs> loves calling Scott him Boston. I love That's that. It's one of my favorites. Um, okay, so I, I, I screwed up. Someone pointed out to me. I appreciate it. I think it was Cal me, Cal by the way. I don't think it was you. I think it was me. No, no, no. Calcaterra was at the combine. Oh, I, that's it's funny. Screwed up. Okay, I yeah. stole with the senior ball because he had the SMU helmet because I know the SMU helmet with the, the horse. Right. Uh, he is an F back. An F back is an off is a off uh, off the ball tight end. Yep. It's like some teams use the H, some teams use the F. They use an F in the, this offense. Mm -hmm. um, they use the Y in this offense. We've talked about the Y for three years now. Previous every team uses a Y. It's an inline tight end. Uh, right. But he's super athletic. He's just undersized. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like what Sirianni said. And there's so many things you could do now with an athletic tight end because if you've got if you've got uh, – and if, if you're playing 12, you could keep Goddard in this of the Y and Calcaterra as the, the move tight end. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that this this is just what he gives you able to do – gives you the option to do. Now, he was at the combine 6'3 and 7 eighths, 241. 241's really small for a tight end. Um, mm -hmm. But he's got decent arm length. Uh, not great, but decent. Wings, decent. Uh, he did the bench press. His, his, his 40 time was a little bit better – actually, he's better than average, certainly – at four six two, mm -hmm. um, his his shuttle time was also very good. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't do the vertical. Um, he actually did not do the vertical. His ten yard split, I'm sorry, was very good. He didn't do the vertical the broad jump. But mm -hmm. um, what you do like is he's athletic. He gives him another option. I, I I have not heard that he's a great blocker. So we'll 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 effort a little bit more to hear if he's if the tape shows he's is he a willing blocker. There's some guys like. Ertz uh, was not a good blocker ever, but he became a guy, a, a uh, positional blocker where, okay, I could contort my body this way and at least hit the guy. Mm -hmm. Zach, it was, uh, he made the effort. He just was, it was just not, he was new to it. So we'll, we'll get a little bit more on Cal Grand Calcaterra as a blocker, but this just gives you more passing options here for the Eagles. That's right. We'll see. Uh, I kind of look forward to, he, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys because he's a pass catching tight end who, you know, is going to, it's going to really wow the fans and the media in the, in the OTAs and the training camps, you know, it's going to be like seven on seven. He's going to be going up against like uh, the Eagles, like third string linebackers and, and safeties and catch a bunch of passes. But you're right. The, I heard the same thing about the blocking. Uh, not so great, but we, we're, we're used to, you know, listen, we were surprised by Dallas Goddard because he also wasn't considered a great blocker only because he wasn't asked to do it. Now I don't know if Calcaterra was asked to block at SMU and didn't do a good job, or if they're assuming he's not a good blocker because he wasn't asked to do it. It's hard to make – Greg Cosell talks about making that assumption all the time 
uh, at certain positions about what they're asked to do. True. So we'll, we'll see. Now, where, uh, Adam, where were the Eagles picking before they traded back to get those picks? Remind uh, me again, were they in the fifth round or did they trade down in the sixth? Yeah, round? I don't have that. I don't know. I, I don't okay. Because I, I, I wanted to remember their original slot because there were a couple of corners, I was told, who went after they had traded down uh, okay. uh, a couple of defensive backs that they were hoping maybe might be on the board when they when they picked um, again, which was at uh, that was the Karan Johnson pick. So I forget what number See, that was at this point overall. Yeah, Johnson. But, then, but these are day three guys. I just want to, these yeah. are day three guys. So even yeah. if they had like, there's just absolutely no. It's not like you're. Oh man, I can't believe I missed out right. on this fifth round corner. Right. You don't know if he's going to even make the team. One thing I want to add on Johnson is I, I didn't mention this on the previous show. He was at the Senior Bowl and he did look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that the Eagles were there and that 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 really helped them put him get put on the map because he had a good senior year. Mm-hmm. Then the the pro the pro ball the pro day workout at four four is really good. Now he's a he, you're not drafting the six or drafting him because I don't know if he was getting drafted. In fact, I'm sure he wasn't getting drafted before the season and then he had a he had a new role because he played with his hand in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put himself on the map this season and, uh, and a super high character kid again. Right. But the question is, is he going to, we know he's a very good special scenes player. That's another thing we could add here. Really, really mm-hmm. good. But mm-hmm. the question is, could he ever get on the field as a defender and not just special teams? That's something we can't ask, but we would ask it. We can't answer it, but we, because we, we have to see, but you do wonder when you're drafting six or seventh round picks, what, what is their upside for this player? What could his role potentially be over time? You talked about backup Sam. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have a four-year deal on him, so we'll have to see. But I, I don't know. Like Teron uh, Jackson, who they drafted last year, he, he's another backup Sam guy. And he didn't – you know, he he played a little bit. Every, I know Cosell liked him. He played a little bit every now and then. Then kind mm-hmm. of disappeared. But, mm-hmm. I mean, how many backup Sams do they need? <laughs> Well, that's a good. That's a good question. That's a good question. It's a new position for them. Um, it depends on how sort of comfortable you are with what you saw from Patrick Johnson last year, who uh, played too. that role. And remember, they actually were playing him sort of fifty-fifty with uh, with uh, Jannard Avery at the beginning of the year against Atlanta, and I think even week two they tried to give him uh, a bunch of snaps, and it didn't. You know, th- they eventually settled into Jannard Avery is going to yeah. going to play that first and second oh. down role. Right, and Jackson did get some snaps at the end. But my, my point is, I know they could play both. Right. I'm I'm just I don't I I'm interested to find out what changes they'll have with their alignment. Not just if they're five two or not. That's you know that's that's not really what I'm after. Right. I'm sure they'll do some of that. They're not going to completely junk it. And if they do mm-hmm. any, if they change anything at all, I'm I'm talking about how they're going to deploy guys or, or coverages are different. You were talking about maybe they play more um, more zone. Yeah. But. Are there things they can do to take advantage of the skill sets of these guys? Because last year, I get it, it was the first year. Mm-hmm. Gannon didn't quite have the talent level of players that he was looking for, which right. is not why he didn't quite run everything that he wanted. But you do wonder, these guys have the ability to rush the passer. Is there a way they could free these guys up? Because they their pass rush was anemic last season. It's, it's yeah, like but, it but, you know, we, we, we had Trey Thomas do a great breakdown of why the pass rush was anemic. And when you give a quarterback – when a quarterback can complete a pass on you in two and a half seconds or less, when a quarterback knows what he wants to do with the ball, True. as soon as True. he sees the, the alignment, it's tough. 
Because again, that was largely the same group that the, the year prior had led the NFL in sacks. So I don't and think they all just got yeah. worse. I think that they're was defined, a yeah. defense. Yeah, and the issue it. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The issue is that right now, as we record this podcast, the back end doesn't look a whole lot better. Yeah, they look a little better at linebacker, oh. but that's you know, again, corner safety, and they know it. They know that they have to go out and and do oh. make moves there. Oh, Honey Badger, what do you know on him? People have asked. I know. You I just, I just, you know, yeah, just from calling around and talking to different teams, um, some I talked to also could use a safety. The sense is that he has his heart set on going to New Orleans. So New Orleans, I don't think drafted a safety in this past draft. I'd have to go back and look. If they did, it wasn't, you know, in the first three or four rounds or anything like that. Certainly not with their first two round picks. I don't think they did. So no, I think people didn't. are kind of expecting, no. no, they didn't draft the safety at all, right? Yeah. They drafted the, the Taylor kid, the corner in the second round. No, they didn't draft the safety. Huh. Yeah. I, I, the, the sense that other people around the league get that is that he wants to go home, play for the saints, and that if the Saints, you know, re revisit discussions, maybe maybe meet him a little bit more, then he'll go there. So you okay. know, we know the Eagles have been interested. We know they've talked to him. Um, but remember, the Eagles just gave a hundred million dollars to uh, to uh, what's his face, the wide receiver AJ Brown. AJ, Brown. AJ Brown, with fifty-seven million guaranteed. So um, I don't. I. I, my sense is the Eagles would like to have him, but are not going to sit there and get into a bidding war to get him. Uh, I know that's disappointing for some people, but I mean, Howie has been very honest with the fans about how he's looking to build this team. He's not unaggressive. He certainly has chased some some free agents this offseason, but he's also not putting all the chips on the table saying, I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. I'm trying to make the type of moves that say I can win the Super Bowl this year. He's not He's has said he's not making those type of moves right yeah. now. By the way, we got a lot of these questions. I'm going to give you my free agent list. There are a ton of corners out there, journeyman types. Yeah. Eagles do not need a slot corner. Absolutely positively. They need an outside. They need two outside corners, what they need. Right. Uh, here, um, they're not on Kyle Fuller, I was told, barring a change in heart. Uh, hmm. Trey Waynes is out there. He's had some injuries. He could play on the outside. Forget Bryce Callahan, slot only. Kenzie mm-hmm. Alexander could do both. Joe Hayden's out there. It was near the end of a great career. Xavier Rhodes, too many injuries. Richard Sherman's he's just he's older, very you know, obviously he's only his own corner. AJ Boye could play nickel, which mm. is probably now he's in his 30s, his best position. TJ Carey, who they liked last year, um, could play a variety of positions. Safety, corner. Kevin King, problem major, and I mean major injury history. He's really long. Um, but you're kind of limited with them. That's a guy based on the way that they've sort of attacked the free agency market over the years. They don't typically like to bring in guys who are nothing but hurt. He's talented, but he's been hurt a lot. A guy that I know they like pre-draft, but they never really chased him after that is Fabian Moreau, um, who's fast and got good size. I uh, haven't heard his name attached mm-hmm. to them, and that's pretty much – everyone else is kind of nickel. But, look, if, you know, giving you all those names, there's plenty of guys. And, folks, I know it's hard. And you want to be – you know, you, you don't want to be patient. You want that guy now. Just remember the season doesn't start till September. I keep telling myself that when I look at when, – when, uh, when I look at these teams – when, when they have holes, and, and as we pointed out, ad nauseum, everybody knows who's an Eagles fan. They made that trade for Darby in what? Uh, was it in 2017? August? August, in the middle of training camp. Which is crazy. So and not, it's not over, folks. Free agency's not even close to being over. And there are a lot of guys. Now, see, here's the thing. Now that the draft is done, the leverage is with the club that's no longer with the player. Correct. That'll be interesting. Um, 
remember, they did pick up an extra third-round pick in that trade with the Saints. So I know a lot of people would like to see, you know, potentially see that pick maybe packaged next year if the Eagles need to go up and get a quarterback. But, I mean, I don't think that's a make-or-break deal. You can always figure out a way to sweeten the deal with a future third or something like that. You could take that third right this summer, right, that third-round pick next year, Mm -hmm. and – Ship that off to anybody for sure. an adequate corner, like they did sure. with Ronald Darby. I, uh, I will. We'll be up. We'll be all over that around training camp. Yeah, and then safety. It's real thin. Chukwaski Tard, who's thirty-ish, who's a longtime starter for the Niners, is more of a uh, box player. Uh, Deshaun Gibson, who's really smart, who's a journeyman safety, was with the Bears most recently. Jaleel Adai's been with a bunch of teams. He's in his thirties. And then it's just a bunch of back end guys. Uh, Andrew Adams, who was here before. It's that's it. It's real light. Now, what's going to happen over the next week to ten days at corner and safety? Some veterans are going to be cut because now that they, they they've lost their job. And you know, it's also you know another thing. Uh, Chuck Clark, you have to look at him. He's with Baltimore, right? He, they've they just drafted two safeties. He's been a you know starter for the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't see how they don't move him. Now, I understand the trade. The 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 um, we'll get into one more thing before we get out of here. I know the the draft has happened, and you don't see usually there are very few post draft trades. Every once in a while there is, but um, with the two guys added, remember. In fact, it's crazy. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton added, of course, and then they they also drafted. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. They've got Clark, Marcus Williams, and Hamilton. Obviously, long term, it's going to be Hamilton Williams. This is no longer going to start. Mm-hmm. So. My first thought was, and I know that I know Clark signed extension a couple of years ago, and I think he wants the last I'd heard um, because it it was a good deal at the time, but he may want a little bit more money. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Well, he's just a guy that you know, as we look for players that could be moved. I'm not saying they're going to move him, but how mm-hmm. many say you can't pay everybody, and you just spent a first rounder on Hamilton, and you're paying Williams fourteen million a season. Where's Chuck Clark fit it? Right. That's a great question. I don't think the Eagles are going to sign a, star, a starting free agent safety. Um, they might trade for one, but I, I think that they're going to bank on Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris as their starters. Kavon Wallace as a backup, and they'll I can see them signing a safety, an older safety as a backup. But I, I would imagine that they're set right now, unless they make a trade on Epps and, and Harris. I just I don't I just don't know if there's a good enough safety out there that you sign that's any better than than it. other than Teron Matthew who I don't really sure. know that they're going to get I don't I don't see the sense in it you know right and then other than getting the, depth because if you look at the teams that drafted safeties Lewisine the Minnesota uh, Nick Cross to the Colts uh, Dax Hill see now now here's another thing there uh, if you look at some of these teams who drafted safety the the the, the layup uh, obvious one was Chuck Clark because with the Ravens because now he went from being mm-hmm. uh you know, to end last season um the their most tenured safety now they they add two two one guy they're paying out the butt and so to speak paying 14 million a year and then Hamilton's mid first round pick these guys got to play but you just you know um I would look at Cincinnati you know you talk about trades as you say any team that drafted the safety in the first two rounds, I'd look to see who they have. And that that my my first note was during the draft, like, oh, this is not good for Chuck Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they drafted Kyle Hamilton. Um, so then here's another question. So before we get out of here, so Rager and Dillard were not uh, traded. We know that um, 
uh, week, several weeks ago, uh, Rager's agents or agent was given permission to seek a trade. Nothing happened. Uh, what, what do you think happens here, if anything? I'm going to tell you what I think. But first, Adam, I'm going to tell people to check out our friends at phlsportsnation.com. They are enhancing the fans' experience with their coverage of all Philadelphia sports teams for the fan, by the fan is their motto. So make sure you check out all their great work at phlsportsnation.com and on Twitter at phlsportsnation. Let's pause real quick for another word from our great sponsors, including our friends at Sky Motor Cars. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Sky Motor Cars in Westchester is a different sort of dealership. All it takes is one look at their Highline pre-owned vehicles that people over the country want and need. Owner Brett Schulter, make sure you don't spend a dime of your money before you purchase the car. Sky Motor Cars allows you to make all the decisions regarding your next vehicle. At Sky Motor Cars, you never have to spend more than necessary. Visit SkyMotorCars.com today or call 610-918-7225. And if you hop in out there to uh, Sky Motor Cars in Westchester, PA, make sure you tell them Adam and Jeff sent you. You will get a great deal. All right, this Rager thing, right? So I thought Howie's uh, press conference was pretty interesting because in a very Howie Roseman way, he sort of did not answer directly a question. Somebody asked him about Jalen Rager and, you know, is he available? Are there, is there, you know, there are teams calling. Did he ask to be traded? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he asked to be traded and his answer was, hey, Jalen Rager is a Philadelphia Eagle right now. Okay. So that, that's all you need to know. The fact that he did not like close the book, slam it down, say no, not, none of that. So, so, you know, listen, we know this. We know we had reported the teams who called um, the Eagles about Jalen Rager checking in. On, on his availability prior to the draft. And we know that there are teams who just went through the draft and didn't get the wide receiver that they were looking for. A lot of teams need wide receivers. Not everybody got the one that they want. So uh, you can imagine calls will continue uh, to go in just to see where the Eagles are at with Jalen Rager. And now that there's more urgency for teams who missed out on wide receivers, you will probably see a little bit more of a dialogue go on i imagine between those teams and the mm, eagles about really? jalen rager and okay. and for, for for and how he could say jalen rager's an eagle and listen i think how you should take him at some of his word because as you reported last year going into the last year's draft how he got calls about zach Ertz. people oh, they did. not only calling yeah. but he had an offer and he basically said um you know zach Ertz is an eagle and he didn't take anybody's offer now that wind up being, in retrospect, probably to Howie's detriment because when it finally came down to trading Zach Ertz, what did he get? Like a, a, a he got fifth and a, t- Gowan, a fifth yeah. and Tay Gowan, and then well, Ertz. I'll, go ahead. I'm just gonna say they only got a they, prior to the draft. I don't know what happened during the draft. I just know this: 
mm-hmm. during the spring, the best offer they got was a six-round pick. As much as they they, they wanted to move him, uh-huh. they, they were very open to it, to say the least. Kelsey lost that bet, I guess, with Hurts. That wouldn't oh, be traded. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Even even his one of his best friends on the team thought he'd be traded, but they right. wound up trading with trade down trade deadline, obviously. But this situation's different. But Zach, wait, Zach signed a contract this offseason that's Attention. big enough that it could have helped the Eagles in a comp pick uh formula to get maybe a four because it was a pretty decent contract for a guy's age. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Did holding on to Zach Ertz really help him all that much? Who knows? But we know, but the point I was trying to make was. You know how Howie is. He wants to be the guy in every trade that comes out and says, I, I won that trade, you know? So we'll see what happens here with Jalen Rager. I, I don't maybe I don't sense that he's just going to give Jalen Rager away no matter what. Even well, maybe that would like that. Okay, so so it, what you just said, that's what I thought last year. Mm-hmm. Why he didn't move Ertz during the draft. Now, I knew, you know, you and I knew that he didn't get anywhere close to what they thought. And the, the, the difference is, first of all, Ertz was coming off of ankle surgery. He had a tough season in 2020. And he could he teams were unsure how much he had left, and obviously he had a lot a lot left. He did a great job after the trade, uh, showed that he was healthy prior to the trade, uh, and he got a nice uh, re- he got a nice uh, three year deal uh, to come back to Arizona. Good for him. And he clearly could play now with Rager. I don't know what the Eagles could possibly be asking for in a trade here. Uh, wh- whoever called or whatever conversations they had, but you make a great point. This is why it doesn't happen much. I, I, I looked into it during the draft to see if there – every couple of years you see a guy traded after the draft. And then maybe it's maybe it's they, the player and the agent ask for a trade because someone's going to take their job, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But there's not very many, and we'll see what happens. It's just, yeah. There's just no role now for Rager. That's that's what we've been talking about for weeks. <laughs> I mean, now what is he, the fifth? What is he, at best, he's the fifth? That's and, fine. again, th- that illustrates – Two things, why there will be a market for Jalen Rager and why there should be, on Howie's end, a dialogue about moving on because you've already added A.J. Brown. He's your number one receiver. You've got Devontae Smith. You want to call him 1A or 2, whatever, right? You have referred your coach, your head coach, who's the one whose opinion really matters most in this because he's the one that designs the plays and calls them, right? He clearly believes, through his own words, that Quez Watkins is now third in line. First, Quez Watkins was number two in line to him, right? And the stats say it too, by the way. He had more receiving yards than Jalen Rager. So Quez Watkins is now your three. So you're looking at Jalen Rager as either your four or tied for four because they also went and signed Zach Paschal, okay? I mean, come on. You you don't draft a guy number one or first round to, to potentially be your fourth wide receiver. That's no good for the team. That's no good for the player. So if somebody picks up the phone and gives you an offer, you should consider it. I mean, like, what good does it do you to have the guy sitting there, as you, I think you just said, collecting dust on the bench while other guys that you have on the team are playing? What good does that do for the team or the player? I can't believe that they're not able to move him. Now, see, again, we don't know what the Eagles are looking for. I I, I said all along a four should be able to do it, but I'm not Roseman. I, I don't know what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we've not heard from other teams yet. Maybe we will in the next week or so. Um, what they may want to offer, if they do it, or if they offer it at all mm-hmm. uh, during the draft or before it. But the fact of the matter, he's still in the roster. They're acting like he's going to be here this season. We'll have to see about that. Uh, to finish it off, it's just 
at first round pick who's not going to really play very much, what sense does it make? I know they don't want to give them away. No team wants to give a former first round pick away. But how much leverage do you have when he hasn't really put up good numbers yet? So it's one thing if you're throwing, you, it's come off a 50 catch season where they still had questions. Maybe he's inconsistent. I mean, he didn't even contribute last season where right. he showed some flashes in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very, very interesting. Um, situation here so we'll see what happens and and sort of the same deal with Andre Dillard now you had said pretty recently that you had heard that Dillard's uh put on some pounds and maybe was yeah. going to take a few reps at guard sure. see what they can do there and I and I bristled at it I said well you know when you're a guard all you see is bull rushes and that was his biggest obstacle and and now he's gonna you know I I, I didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me <laughs> but I saw actually on the internet I guess he posted a video of himself shirtless yeah. after a workout Yep. And then it said he he's he's he said he's three hundred and twenty five pounds now. That's something side. like that. And oh yeah. my god, did he he did look chis- I mean, he he's looked up. Yeah. up. Yeah. So now, I was like, wow. Okay. I, I wondered if they asked him to do that. I just had heard from a league source that um, they're strongly considering giving some reps of guard again. I, as I said that when I put this out on our show, whatever recently, I didn't say he's going to get like, you know. 50% of the reps there, he might still be 90, 90 uh, left tackle, 10 uh, you know, guard. I don't, you know, I don't know what their plan is and how many reps, but right. just something they're strongly considering doing. And he's put this weight on. Uh, so we'll see. And look, he, he, he didn't get traded. Uh, one, one NFC team we know uh, in their trade, in their calls leading up to the draft uh, was actually, they really wanted him, but the Eagles, it never came up to an offer. And I'm also told that that team, it was an NFC team, if I recall correctly, whatever, the, the, the team filled out their left tackle role within the first three or four rounds, and they don't feel like they needed it uh, to, to make a trade for a left tackle. So that's over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, look, it, one thing, though, and you, you were talking about the last show, it may be overkill in the offensive line. I, I, I mean, I, you make a fair point. I know others have said this. No team's deeper. It's great to have this depth. There's no question about it. But at some point, if, if Isaac Samalo is not starting, he's on the last year of his deal making about $5 million. What is the mm-hmm. point for paying a guy as a backup $5 million if he doesn't? I don't know. I don't know. We, we were actually joking, you and I, and I wrote it down that let's say – I mean, Landon Dickinson, he ain't going anywhere. So he's no. probably your starting left guard. Um, now, maybe, as probably. you just mentioned – 100% the left guard. Yeah, he is their left guard. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, now, right guard – Maybe Samalo gets a shot to beat out Jack Driscoll. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that. But let's say, for argument's sake, that Driscoll is going to be their right guard. Well, and just I'm just saying, we... let's say for argument's sake. Okay. I, I, want, I want to make a point about the backup situation here. Okay. Let's say Driscoll is the right guard and they still have, have Samalo. You're yeah. looking at a second string offensive line that would be Andre Dillard at left tackle, a first round pick. Isaac Sayamalu at left guard, uh, a starter, a former starter, right, who, who started good well. Player. Yeah, Nate Herbig as your center, who's a pretty good backup center, although he struggles with the snap, but he's still pretty good. He got himself a, a contract for one year. Um, your right guard would be – actually, Herbie would probably be your right guard, and then the kid they just drafted would be your center. My fault. Uh, the kid they drafted was um, – Jurgens. Jurgens would be your yeah. center. Herbig as your right guard and LaRaven Clark as your right tackle. Now tell me Dillard, Sayamalu, Jurgens, uh, Herbig, and Clark isn't probably as good of an offensive line as as maybe you know some of the 
poorer offensive lines sure. in the offense in the NFL, right? I mean, like there are teams that would say, you know what? I think that line might be better than my, like the Giants last year might have said, I think that line might be better than my line. other than a left tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I know as a collective line. Right. 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 No, that's a fair point. And say Malo, 4.978 million. You, that's you, you can't justify him as a backup. No. Uh, now Sirianni talked about him in his press conference. Is he still the starter? But as you, we know this, you've said this a million times. The O-line coach loves Jack Driscoll, like his own son. Mm. I'm not saying Driscoll will be the starter at right guard. But to me, with Isaac, no, it's not like Driscoll's not been hurt. He's been hurt quite a bit too, right? And I don't, Isaac's a good player, so just solid, just a solid football player. But yes. he's now in the final year of his deal. Is is his deal like like twenty of these contracts Eagles have done has voidables? It voids after the uh, after twenty two. Why not open it up? Why not? It's a great question. I guess that's a question that will be answered down the road. Maybe soon. Who knows? Um, certainly there's going to be a lot of activity going on in the next few weeks. So look forward to covering that all. That's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Big thanks, as always, to our producer, Hunter Brody. You can check out his work on YouTube. His channel is called Sports Talk with Broads. He's got a website called broadsmedia.com. Make sure you catch that. And as always, we thank you for flying with us. Inside the bird.